Support for the Couples Council comes from Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Their purpose is to equip you with the right skills for a happy and healthy relationship. Services available in office or virtual. Schedule your consultation now. For more information, visit mercierwellness.com. Mercier Wellness and Consulting, small steps, big changes. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Please consult a licensed professional for your mental health needs. Now Now on on with with the the show. show. Hello and welcome to the Couples Council. I'm Dr. Jameson Mercier, your host, licensed clinical social worker. Sitting alongside my wife, Herdine Mercier, licensed clinical social worker. Yep, yep. And uh, we... um, we're still trying to figure out how to end season one. I know we can't get off the mic. No, dropping uh, wisdom—that's what we do. We 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 are the type of people who say no, but keep coming back for more. <laughs> so, uh, bear with us while we figure out how to terminate, right? How to step aside. I know, because the chief—what did you call yourself? The last episode, the chief. Chief wellness officer. Chief wellness officer. Um, he don't know how to turn off the mic. No. And no. I'm a worker. Yeah, so I don't know how to say st- no. And I'm not going to say no. So let's do it. All right. So <laughs> we're back. Um, we're still here. Not even back. Just still here. We haven't left yet. And what's happening now is we have another four weeks of episodes for you. Yay. Yeah. And the reason for that is because June, as we all know, is Father's Day. I know it's not June, but the month of June, but it should be Father's Month, I think, sometimes. I I agree, baby. And what we're doing is we're going to highlight uh, some dads in our community, some dads who are who some dads who are going against the narrative that black and brown fathers are not around, going against the narrative that black and brown fathers are not engaged fathers so in honor of father's day we are going to highlight dads and we're going to talk about dads we're going to talk to dads what their experience has been what they know now after having been a dad um their lesson the lessons learned from their children um just conversations with dads because what i've realized there are lots of conversations that aren't being had, mm-hmm. but there are lots of assumptions and stereotypes. Yeah. And, you know, babe, before we go into today's episode, I think it is vital that the platform knows that your research and your heart and your passion and your drive is behind dads. Oh, yeah. For those of you who've known me for any length of time know that my my bread and butter is black fathers brown fathers um stay at home dads Mm -hmm. and if ever you want to have that conversation we can do that um they're not part of the research they're not being spoken to the assumption is that they're just absent and either dead or in jail Mm -hmm. you know you're typically mal-mannered um for the most part 99.9 (laughs) percent mal-mannered but there's just something about talking about dads that rile you up in a passionate way and your face light up. You just get excited talking about dads. And so that's why Dad for Dent is such a special brand to you. Yeah, Dad for Dent is a movement. Um, it's about 
highlighting confident dads, building confident dads, um, you know, just acknowledging fatherhood for all it is, the the beautiful aspects of it, the challenges that exists, but the fact that it's here. Okay, it's just highlighting dads. So And before we highlight our dad for today, I have to highlight you. Um, cause you rock as a dad. You're so present. Um, the way you communicate with the kids, you joke with the kids, you incorporate them in your day. Um, they long for you to come home. They miss you when you're gone. Um, from taking them fishing to organizing their room to folding their clothes. Y'all, that's one thing the wife mentor don't do. Um, is organize, organize, organize. But mm. you know, Doctor J got us all organized up in this house, and, and yeah, at, every, least I, at least I try. <laughs> and everywhere we go, not just the house. When we travel, a minivan is organized. He packs it so well. Um, you're just a present father, um, and to give my kids that experience, I'm just so honored. You rock. Thank you, babe welcome thank you so um for this episode this first part of this series we're gonna be talking to a dear friend of mine uh, his name is matthew gene matthew gene is a licensed marriage and family therapist and visionary poised to take up the cause of mental health issues in today's society he currently serves his community through his private practice beach stone counseling the go-to therapist and sober words in apparel company fighting stigma associated with substance abuse as a public speaker he inspires and motivates others to value their family life and embrace their roles in the family system his life work is to advocate for those who suffer from mental illness and mental health issues by bringing awareness to the local communities of south florida matthew is married to the dr Alyssa jean and is a proud father of four amazing girls amelia Lillian, Malin, and Robin, and we'll get to hear a lot more about them in the interview. His passion is in service, his love is for his family, but his joy is his faith. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Matthew Jean. Matt, welcome to the Couples Council. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, full disclosure, everybody, we've been trying to get Matt on the show for a while. <laughs> Um, and this brother is busy, um, and, and you'll hear why he's so busy um, in a little bit when we get into this uh, this conversation. But um, I'm honored to have him. I've known him for a while, um, literally part of the family at this point. And uh, welcome, man. Welcome. And thank you for uh, agreeing to be on as we talk about dads. Uh, definitely, man. I think uh, you, you're definitely right. I've said I was supposed to be on for a while. And timing, timing hasn't allowed me to be here. And of course, like you said, we'll get into why, but uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to finally actually be on the show. So thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. So, so let's jump into it. So, so it's, it's June, the month of June, we're profiling dads and, you know, Father's Day is coming up. Um, I always get a little, not too salty, but a little salty with all the... Uh, <laughs> With all the shine that moms get, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. They get a whole, whole 
two, three rows of cards and a whole section. Yeah, that's true. And when Father's Day rolled around, you know. Yeah. They changed they change the bakery section for moms. It's They changed the flower section, the wine, everything. For everything. And, and, and I'm not hating on moms or Mother's Day. No, of course not, man. Of course not. No, we're just gonna highlight some some dads um, yeah. who are who are being dad fidens. You know, that's that's right. what we like to call it. Yeah. Um, they're present, they're engaged, they're holding it down. Right. Um, so, you're a dad. How long have you been a dad at this point? Wow. Uh, I've been a dad for seven, almost and a half years. My my oldest daughter is seven. Okay. Um, my, my youngest daughters are five. They'll be six next month. All right. So your youngest daughters. Plural. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Meaning what? Meaning uh, I have multiples. My wife and I had triplets uh, almost six years ago, and that's been quite a journey. Yeah. God bless you, man. Oh, man. Thank you. I need all of you. Rain oh. on us, please. <laughs> yeah. So you went from having one to having four. Yep, and they're 15 months apart. All girls, by the way. Let me make sure that's clear. It's, yes. It's uh, Matthew Jean plus six females. <laughs> under, under one roof. Oh, yeah. You've got, your, you've got your hands full. Yeah, 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 I do. So when you realized you were having uh, multiples that second time around, what was that? What was going through your mind at that time? Wow, what a... What a journey it was, man, because uh, at the time when my wife and I uh, found out that she was pregnant with uh, our second children, um, we were separated. And so uh, it, was a, it was a bittersweet emotion for me because, uh, you know, we were going through a rough patch in our relationship to the point where I actually left the home. Mm. And so finding out that news was uh like i said bittersweet like i of course uh i'm i am i am a person that wants to be responsible and be there for my my kid but at the same time i want to make sure that i didn't act hastily and just say everything is well and you know let's you know make it work and so one of the things that i did uh, uh secretly was i i said a prayer knowing that um that this was almost an impossible pitch to put out there, but I, I said a prayer uh, to myself in my heart. I, I asked God for, multi, I asked God for twins specifically. I said, if this is the relationship I'm supposed to be in, uh, help me out. You know, I, I need, I need some affirmation. I need some confirmation. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And um, I said the prayer in November, and then February we found out we were having. I'm sorry, and then January. <clears throat> we found that we were having triplets. And so wow. it, it was the twins that I prayed for and one. Plus know? one. Plus one, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, man, automatic excitement, you know, it was just, it was great. You know, it was great because it was, it was what we needed at that time, but it was also great because I don't think neither of us like going through that process of pregnancy. <laughs> so, well, when you said it was what you guys needed at the time, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest, it, it was something that allowed us to form like a stronger union, not just as parents, but as as um, in our relationship as well. You know, we were able to uh, open up our communication. 
uh, create more empathy, build more trust, uh, create more resilience in between us individually and as a couple. All of those things, I think, were definitely cultivated by us becoming parents of multiples under the age of two. Wow. So that was, that was you know, because they're only 15 months apart. And so by the time they were born, my, my eldest daughter was only, you know, a little bit over a year. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 it forced us basically to, um, to be in a position to where we, you know, we, we really, uh, I guess, had each other's back, but not just that, but I guess it almost, it, it, it was almost like we had to press a reset button in our relationship. You know, you thought okay. you started and you thought you were, you had something solid, but you have to work even harder, you know? And so I think it was definitely what we needed. Okay. Now you said it forced you to uh, like force you back together, but it sounds like you are so willing though. Yeah. So when I say force us back together, uh, I, I meant like it was a force that was outside of our control, meaning it was something that I asked for, but it was something that solidified us being together as well. You know? Okay. okay. And, and I think the answer wasn't the solution. The answer was an antidote to create the solution. Mm. Meaning the answer was you wanted twins, here's triplets, right? And so that gave us the opportunity to now look at each other and, and identify some of the things that we didn't see before and grow into those areas that we lacked previously. Okay. Okay. And so this wasn't one of those situations where people say, Oh, I stayed for the kids. This is where I was headed. You know, I was going to ask you to tell me about that because so just like a lot of dads do stay for the kids, a lot of dads, a lot of dads have kids and they still bounce. Yeah. Deuces. You know, so, so not just for the kids, but let me go ahead. You were saying it wasn't just for the kids. No, it was not because, um, first of all, I don't know if you, you know, you, you, of course you, you, you were there with your wife when she had just one child or, mm-hmm. you know, most of that pregnancy. Now, uh, magnify that seeing your wife have to carry three, you know? Yeah. And so some of the things that, uh, you know, our internal issues were as it relates to like the individual in the relationship, it wasn't necessarily the relationship with itself is what the individual was producing. And so in her eyes, I lacked certain areas and qualities that I didn't have in my eyes. I saw those things as well that were pushing us apart. And so going through that, you know, going through the fire experience of having to carry multiples Mm -hmm. uh, and me having to be there to support her as she carried those multiples, you know, because, you know, it wasn't just when the kids got there. I think the grueling started you know, once we found out she was having triplets, mm-hmm. a few, uh, maybe a month and a half later, she was already on bed rest. Wow. So put me in a position to where now I had to care for a person that I wasn't necessarily fully in love with. Wow. You know, so, so Bro, now, man. yeah, so now I'm, I'm in a, in a space where now I'm having to tend to uh, her needs, like, you know, almost hand and feet in some issues where, I have to help her in the shower, help her out the shower, 
help, you know, I was pushing her in a wheelchair, pushing my one-year-old in a stroller, you know, around the store. So it, it forced us to be intimate again. And I use that word force again, because it put us in a situation where we weren't necessarily looking for circumstances brought us there mm-hmm. and it allowed us to naturally fall in love again. Wow. Wow, man. You know, it's, it's, it's tough enough just working it out with someone without all of those, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man's. Yeah. Um, so being in a situation like that, being a father, being a husband, and then being put or finding yourself in that situation, what would, tell me about what that did, um, emotionally. Well, and let me go backwards for a second, man, because this is interesting. You know, one of those things growing up in South Florida, I grew up in Miami in the city called Balaka. And, you know, um, one of those things that I used to, was fearful about was fatherhood, you know, and because people, you know, it, it wasn't well represented, you know, I just have to say that. Yes, my dad was in the house, but he wasn't a good uh, reflection of what a father was supposed to be, you know, in our house. Okay. Too many of those shining role models in our era. So father wasn't something that a lot of the guys were signing up for. We were like, you know, and so um, I was terrified of fatherhood because of the myths, because of not wanting to be like my dad and so forth. But when I became a father, to be honest with you, I felt like I was robbed. I felt like I, if only if I would have known the joys Mm. And 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 the uh, um, you know the what it br- what it brought out of me you know I think I could have I think I'd have, I would have easily signed up for it sooner. Wow. And, yeah, man. You know, I think it brought out some of the best parts of me. You know, and some of the parts that were already in me were just highlighted even more as a father. Yeah. So Matt, it's a Matt's a nice guy, but that nice guy turns into an awesome loving, caring father. You know, Matt's a caring guy, same thing. It magnifies it. You know, I'm a compassionate guy. I pay attention to detail. All these things are magnified as a father. I felt like I got superpowers, you know? Nice. You know? Own and, it. And so, um, so what, what it changed for me emotionally was that it just, it just heightened my emotions to be more uh, sensitive, not just to, you know, uh, my own needs now, I'm paying attention, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, my daughter's needs and making sure all of their needs are met because at the times, you know, they're so young and they can't meet their own needs. And so it, it, I don't, I, it just made me into, you know, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, a super dad. I, I, I guess that's what I call it because, you know, there wasn't, a, there, there wasn't anything that I felt I couldn't do as a father, you know versus what moms do except of course with the exception of breastfeed right but that's another conversation as well because <laughs> i was like you know what i'm saying <laughs> whatever you need, right you know i was like give me that bottle whatever you need. you know i did that as well but you know truth truth be told i wanted to do everything and more that my wife did for our kids you know and, and it was just finding those opportunities you know when i was younger I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the, the role models. I didn't have, um, that wasn't like a manual or anything like that. And um, being a young guy um, and not being educated about sex, I, I had unprotected sex and I did get young ladies pregnant. Mm. And 
it wasn't something that I was like, yay, father. And I'm like, I was like, nah, I'm not ready for that. Or I don't want to be that, this type of dad, or I'm afraid that I will be this type of dad. And so um, for me, I ran from it at a young age, you know? And so when I hear dads of any age that are running from it, I understand it from that perspective, but I also understand it from a perspective of not fully understanding the benefits um, for the father and maybe not fully understanding the benefits for the mother yeah, and also not fully understanding the benefits for the child. And you can keep going because it's not just for the father, the mother, and the child. It's for the family. It's for the community. It's for our society at large. And then add to that um, the level of stress that a father has to endure becoming a father. You know, uh, I can't remember the percentage exactly, but it's uh, there was a research that talks about the number of men that are depressed. Uh, a small majority of them are fathers. That's something to consider as well. And then if you have fathers with uh, with multiple individuals, that's more stress. That's more depression. You know, that's more. Um, things to be to, to worry about and so there are a lot of different factors that we may not fully understand and, and I feel like getting educated and 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 when I say educated, I'm not talking about going to school and getting a degree I'm talking about learning about what the role is what what the obligations are what the responsibilities are what you what the benefits are and you know, you know like I said for yourself for the mom for the child for the society and then stepping into it as if it's like you being drafted by the Chicago Bulls in 1995 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's how big and, and momentous it is. And so once you understand that, you're like, man, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. But I don't, I, I don't feel like our society does enough to equip men to get them ready for that. You know, I, I don't feel like, you know, there's enough push, you know, towards making men feel more supported. And this is something that I've been yelling from the mountaintop uh, for a very long time, you know, not, 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 not feeling like this is something that like men are actually a part of, you know? And so think about the conversations that are had when a young lady uh, find out that she's pregnant, you know? Uh, the, the term that we use just in regular language is that, wow, you're pregnant, you know? You know, she's pregnant, you know, such and such is pregnant, you know, we don't say they are pregnant, you know, referring to the man or the, the male and the female, we don't say, um, congratulate, you know, we, we, we often leave the, the male outside of the initial, if, if you want to, you know, just make light of it for a second, right? You, you know, if it, the conversation goes, uh, we can have sex, but you going to get pregnant. Right. Yes, sir. And it's like, so that that's wrong already. And so we if we have sex, then then we're pregnant. And if we're pregnant, then we go throughout this process of pregnancy together. Pregnancy shouldn't be an individual uh, journey. It should be a collective journey with the man and the woman throughout so that the same empowerment resources and, um, you know, uh, you know, camaraderie that is had between the woman and whoever supporting should be there for that young man as well uh, throughout. I think we should give that, we should, uh, uh, you know, match that with the men 
to help them feel more empowered going towards something that I feel will be beneficial, not, you know, to everyone involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because sometimes I feel like men need even more support than women do a lot of times. Guys, a lot of times, at least when I was young, men were not talking about becoming dads, becoming fathers. And so, I mean, my dad died when I was young. When I, I was nine, right. when my dad died. But the other fathers that I would see at my church, in my community, wherever, they were not talking about being dads. I don't know if this is something that men themselves just don't talk about. Um, right. We don't know how to talk about it. I can't tell you if it's a black and brown dad thing. I mean, that's a whole, that's a conversation we can have, but right. uh, especially within that community, right. there's a whole lot of support that's missing for fathers. So think about this image right here, right? And I love this image because this definitely speaks about our mindset of uh, parenting, you know, going from, um, you know, being pregnant to actually birthing that child when you think about a baby shower, I usually see one big chair up front. <laughs> wow. What the mom to sit in and the dad is somewhere in the back drinking a soda. You know, there are, you know, there are some exceptions. I've seen some with both, but for the majority of my youth and adult life, I usually saw one big chair up front and they mm -hmm. decorate that chair really nice. And, you know, and, and they do it, you know, that way. And, and it's just reinforcing this, you know, like that sometimes we're not even needed, you know, and we're not even valuable. And you and I had these conversations mm -hmm. about even in the marriage relationship, you know, trying to find ways to, to, to be more useful, you know, like I remember I, I had to even uh, ask permission sometimes to do certain things, you know, like, yeah. look, yeah. I can do this, you know? Like, you know, you're, you, you don't, you don't have to stay, you know, I, I could do this. Just relax. You know, you go, you go take care of this, you know, right. I'm, I'm their dad. I got this, you know, <laughs> right. And so I, I, I definitely understand, uh, you know, that the, the, the thought that we do need more support or we may need more support. Mm -hmm. So there's the trend and I mean, I've done, you know this, I've done some research and we've talked about it. The the trend of more black and brown fathers being present and being right. primary caregivers, that trend is not getting um, as much attention, you know, rather what continues to be the narrative is that black and brown dads, minority dads, overwhelmingly tend to be absent. Right. You know? they're not talking about the dads who are doing what you're doing, you know, who right. are being a role model, being an example, raising the kids. They're talking about the dads who, for whatever reason, have decided that this isn't for me. Maybe they have been pushed out by the women in the community or the women in the family. Right. And uh, they don't want to fight against that. Man, how much time do you have? <laughs> how much time do we have? <clears throat> because... You know, there are there are so many so many truths out there about why and how this stuff got started. You know, um, to where the black and brown dads aren't as valuable because we they have the government dad that steps in mm -hmm. that kind of forces the narrative of that 
if the male is in the picture, then you don't need us, you know, and we won't support you. But if, if he's not in the picture, then we'll support you and we'll support you abundantly to where you never have to need him, you know? Wow. And, so, and so now, you know, that has been reinforced to the point where even, even when they don't need the government assistant, it's almost like I got this on my own. You probably can't, and moms do, you know, uh, you know, shout out to all the single moms that do, that hold it down all the time. That's not what we're saying. You know, uh, you've, you've also, you know, you and I have, have heard stories of individuals that want to be a part of their children's life, but the stereo, um, but the narrative have been so deeply ingrained that now uh, the father has become an a, a enemy to the home because their relationship didn't survive. So now the parenting comes into question because mm-hmm. I don't value as a, as a person that can be in relationship in a relationship with. So now I can't value you as a father. And those right. two aren't mutually exclusive. Right, you know? right, right. You know, that's, con- it's, you know, you, you're hitting on something here where a lot of times, and again, not knocking moms, but, some women do keep the fathers away just because the relationship right. survived. Yeah, and that's sad. That that that's sad. It, it breaks it breaks my heart. I I just think about the next generation, you know, and how you know the field that we in, we understand how you know systems theory and how transgenerational trends continue. Mm-hmm. You know, and so having uh, uh, having the dad outside the home perpetuates a stereotype. Uh, for the men and the young women in the home as well. Yeah. Uh, not to say that automatically recreated, but the correlation goes up, you know? Oh, and so sure. it's, like, it's like, so why, why knowingly that we're destroying the fabric of our homes and our society? Why, why engage in that, you know? Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's rough, man. It's, it's rough. rough. I, work, I work with both the moms on that aspect and with some of the fathers who are fighting to be a part of their kids' lives. And so um, I, I, I empathize. I wish there was more, there, there is more that we, could, that, that we could do, you know, but I, I feel like until, you know, we have these hard conversations like you and I are having right now, um, more often in, in various places, then, then I don't think the change that we're looking for will happen. Yeah, you're right when you talk about having the conversations, because when we read the studies that are being done about present and engaged fathers, it's interesting because they're not researching black and brown dads. They're not talking to them. Right. Overwhelmingly, the assumption is that they're not around. So it's like, why even bother? And so that idea continues to perpetuate itself. Yeah, you know, it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy, this downward spiral that just continues right. to grow. Right. Um, and the dads who are engaged and present, no one's asking them anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can blow that myth out the water, though, man. You know, we we know, and it's, South Florida is pretty big, uh, but I I can speak for you know my generational cohorts from high school, college, and some friends around that I've met. Um, you know, some professionals, some are blue collar, but one thing that they do have in common is that they're awesome dads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, uh, you talk about your, like your, your, your triple OG to like your lawyer. All of these guys are awesome dads and they love being dads, you know? And like I said, I felt like we were robbed because we, we you know, the, the, the truth, the veil wasn't clearly lifted soon enough. 
and then so so I felt like we stepped into it, uh, you know, late in the game. But I also feel like the job that we are doing for those fathers that that you know that I'm referring to, man, these are great dads, man. I'm talking about guys that I knew from elementary school, middle school, high school. They, you know, they're doing their thing. You know, I'm talking about you. You, I, you know, you see them. They're active with their kids. They're in their kids' life. And I'm not just talking about the Facebook dads. You know, I ain't no, talking about the ones that take take a picture every now and then. And you know? not, not <laughs> against the Instagram dads. You know, nothing against them because that's cool too. But there you are know, some I'm, spoken heroes. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about like you know some guys that go to bat for their kids, man. That you know that make sure that whatever it is that their kids need, you know, being there for their kids, uh, you know, just, just stepping into that role uh, with, with purpose, you know, and, and I think with almost uh, a purpose that brings about a pleasure for them. Like you can see the engagement and, and what it does for them too. So, you know, that, that's definitely a myth, you know, I, I can't co-sign the fact that Brown and Black dads are an active man. My, my boys, my, my friends, you know, my family, kicking butt and it, like I said it, it goes beyond like you know you know my my sphere of influence this is these are things that I've seen you know not just in South Florida but Texas you know oh nationwide yeah man Cali Detroit New York you know these guys are these guys are doing great man you know oh yeah oh yeah there are there are some exceptions I feel like those are the ones that are usually highlighted primarily so yeah, and that's unfortunate, which is, again, and you said this earlier, which is why conversations like this are, are much needed um, because it's not true that black and brown dads are absent. Um, right. And again, statistically, statistically speaking, there are more absent non-minority dads. But again, that's a conversation for... <laughs> yeah, we, we ain't trying to put them out there, man. We ain't no, no, to put no, them out. no, no, no. Um, so, so listen, let me ask you this. I know when I learned that I was going to become a dad, uh, first, right. first of all, I freaked out. I'm not even going to front. I, I, okay. I, I, I am not wearing the shirt that says, you know, I woke up like this. No, <laughs> I, I freaked out. And cause my dad, I, I didn't have my dad growing up, so yeah. I didn't have that model. Right. But from the time that I knew I was going to be a dad. And from the time that my kids were born, right? So I think every, every almost every night, I, I, I sit up after they've gone to bed, after the right. kids are tucked in, my wife might yeah. be asleep. I sit, I sit up in my living room or I'm in the garage or I'm in the yard. And right. I know the things I think about. Okay. And when I talk to some other fathers, um, whatever they do, whether they're businessmen, whether they are uh, at-home dads, whatever, whether they are uh, shift workers, yeah, they sit up at night thinking. Um, one, what y'all think about? <laughs> bro, listen, when I was gonna, I, I was gonna ask you what you be thinking about. I know me. Um, uh-huh. I just be thinking about my kids, like. I'd be worrying about my kids. Yeah. You know, um, and it, it, it's almost scary. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. the kind of stuff it's that. Not an exception, man. Don't do that, man. You don't do that. Uh, wow. No, I, don't, 
<clears throat> I don't do that. I, and I'll tell you why, right? Because it's something that I, I started for myself, you know, um, in the relationship, I think I would have to be honest, my wife is a more anxious individual. I've never been anxious about a lot of things. Of course, I do have fears, different anxieties, but for the most part, I'm usually like calm, right? And so I, I have started to, uh, maybe a few years ago, just maybe a few years ago, forecast, you know, mm. uh, and put stuff out there about what my desires are for my life, what my wants are, what my needs are for my life, and putting them out there into the world. <clears throat> And a lot of people that engage with me and knowing that I'm a father of four girls, they usually forecast negativity. And so for me, I have to counter that in my mind by not accepting that reality as truth. Of course, I know what's out there. You know, yeah. I've lived in some of the worst uh, places. <laughs> I grew up in Opelaka. And so I, I know what the Nothing world has to Opelaka. offer. Nothing against Opelaka. Right, right. Come on, man. Opelaka till I die, right? <laughs> but... But for me, honestly, um, when they come up to me, they, you know, this is what they say, you know, and they see me in the store by myself with my girls or my wife with, with the girls. They be like, oh, man, four girls? Ooh, that's going to be rough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And they're like, ooh, you got to pay for four proms? Oh, man, I feel for your pocket. Or they be like, I'm like, first of all, you're not, you don't know my pocket, bro. Right? You don't know my pocket. <laughs> and then... They's like, oh man, this is men and women. They're like, when they get to be teenagers, ooh, you you gonna? Have, I'm like, first of all, I'm like, you, you know, those are theories, right? Those are theories that are core, and they're not necessarily saying that these are rites of passages. Like people, individuals have to go through these things that they're going to be this way, right? Correct, correct. I think it's our job as parents to cultivate what our desires are in our kids as early as possible. And so for me, I have to start with the way I think about what their future will be like, how, how I think about them currently and create that energy and that pathway towards what my desires are for their lives. And then when they're old enough to decide for themselves, allow them to create that path for themselves. Hopefully that we've set the appropriate foundation for them so I'm not forecasting or concerned about what their future would be like. It doesn't matter what this world is throwing at them, you know, yeah. because I want to build them strong enough to be able to be like, yeah, I see that. But as for, you know, the genes, right. we, you know, we're, we're good, you know, they can withstand all that. Right. And, and it's not even withstanding, you know, and, and even like walking towards it, you know, like, there are hard times, you know, that happen in life, but learning how to persevere through them in a way that's appropriate, I think is something that, you know, I'm starting to forecast for myself that I start, like I said, I start to forecast for myself, which is something that I'm hoping that they are learning from watching me right now, you mm -hmm. know, they're with me on that journey. When I became an entrepreneur, they learn about what, you know, they're learning about, you know, maintaining and, keeping a business, you know, I'm teaching them how to market. I'm teaching them how to be, you know, owners and sellers and not consumers all, right. you know, all these things right now. And, you know, and all of the other foundational truths that we're creating for them, allow them, you know, to not be able to, uh, you know, have anxiety about what tomorrow has to bring because I'm not anxious, you know? And yeah, you know, the world is the world, you know, and there are things that we can't control. The things that we can control, 
we should try our best to control. You know, I agree with that. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't even, I like, I sleep sound at night, bro. I sleep sound. I sleep sound. And, but I also can't understand the other side too, but I, I don't, I don't sit up and think, man, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you sleep sound. I just know I, I think about my kids' future, and right. maybe I, I don't necessarily. I'm, I'm maybe it sounded worse off than it was when I started. Right. Maybe, maybe it did. But, you know, when I think about their future, I, and maybe it's more of a meditation thing that I do. But I think about that. I reflect on it. You know. Okay. And that exercise. Um, similar to what you do, but it's something that has helped me in my walk as a father. Okay. And so I like, I like, I like the forecasting that you talk about. That's probably, I'm probably gonna have to borrow that. Um, in addition, go ahead. Most definitely, man. You know, yeah, yeah. and you know, and then, like I said, I allow them to join in that forecasting, you know? And so the way they see themselves now, they have to start seeing the potential for them to create that future that they desire later you know mm-hmm. they have to understand and see the effort that i'm putting in the things that i'm forecasting for two years from now five years from now you know being a part of that awareness as early as possible knowing that they can recreate that same uh you know um pathways in their heads to walk towards whatever their desired outcomes are you know and we're filling i'm talking about we're packing their heads with with dreams of opportunities that they can control and not allowing whatever's going on on the external to dictate what what happens to them you know oh that's awesome yeah you know and so that's awesome that's awesome what uh what is one what are one or two things that you wish um moms or women knew about dads hmm wow (laughs) <laughs> oh man uh, I wish that moms women's I said women women's women <laughs> you got the reference <laughs> uh, I, I, I I think one of the things that um, that they may know but may not fully accept is that we are very capable you know mm-hmm. uh, that like we are extremely capable you know uh to care and to be nurturing you know i think nurturing was only uh and and you know in a greater society was only gifted to women you know yeah. like that, that that terminology was only gifted to women and but that's not true you know that's definitely not true it's a stereotype about what women are and what men are not and I think that we have we've gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to being nurturers. Yeah. You know, like being intentional and creating an environment that's nurturing for our kids. And we are very capable of doing that. If allowed, trained, and cultivated, we can actually be great nurturers. And so that's one. <clears throat> and that and the that second. and that and that one doesn't make you any less of a man. It doesn't oh. make you oh. weak. It doesn't take anything away from oh. anybody. Not at all, man. Not at all. You know, not at all. You know, uh, I think it makes you. I think it makes you more of a man because you're, you're stepping into a purpose that's a part of a man. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily gets to be 
spoken of, you know, um, and I don't want to get into masculinity and no, toxic no, masculinity. Yeah. That's the, go down the rabbit hole of that stuff, but um, that's definitely a part of it that hasn't been highlighted as much when you talk about manhood. Fatherhood isn't a part of that conversation as much. And so um, changing that narrative. Um, but the second thing I think that that uh, we, you know, that should be known about fathers is that um, we want to make sure that they are good, you know? Like our, our goal isn't just to be there for the, the child, but we want to be there for them as well. And I think sometimes the dynamic gets in the way because um, it's, it's a hard balance even to just think about, right? So like you, you want to make sure that the child is doing well, right. but you don't, you don't want to negate the mom as well because the mom is going through changes and experiences that, uh, we also have to be sensitive towards, you know, hormonal changes, physical changes, mental changes, you know, and so forth. And so I think that um, we're also capable of, you know, having dual responsibilities, you know, if that's what a way of looking at it, Yeah. you know, making sure the child is okay, but also being sensitive to all of the changes that are occurring in the woman during this time frame as well. So those two things, I feel like, uh, we need to talk more about between the sexes. Man, I couldn't agree more on that. I really couldn't. Um, you know, it's funny, real quick story, and I think I got to let you go, man. Uh, real quick story. It's all right. Good, times. Good. You're good. Um, real quick story. I was at a graduation uh, this past weekend. And uh, while I'm sitting at the graduation, my wife and I start chit-chatting about our kids. And she says, wow, babe, do you realize in, in like eight years, Azriel is our, uh, our, Azriel, our oldest, she'll be graduating. And I said, you know what, babe, that's why. And then I had to stop talking because, bro, I just, the, the waterworks came on, man. The waterworks came out with a vengeance. Wow. Because I'm yeah. sitting there, I'm looking at this graduation, and I'm thinking like, right. oh, my God, my baby's leaving right. me. Eight years right. from now, and then I'm thinking about my other kids. I'm just like, oh, Jesus. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? What What is going <laughs> on? <laughs> oh, man. Yo, I'm that kind of father, man. And and as we're having this conversation, at the time, I was like, what's wrong? But I realized, you know what, that's the kind of things that, I imagine a lot of fathers experience yeah. internally. Yeah. Right. Like we've been having this conversation. We're not, uh, uh, many of us don't ever show that. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're more likely to walk out the room and, right. you know, choke it down, you know, <laughs> before that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we need more of that. We need more of that expression in our roles as fathers. Our kids need to see that. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing, you know, and, and I think, like you said, that exposure to it, like we expose our kids to way more things that, that we were not exposed to, you know, mm -hmm. and I think a part of that is seeing the emotional spectrum that men go through and women go through, you know, right. and seeing, you know, um, seeing conflict, but also seeing resolution. You know, right, right. 
you know, just, just being a part of that. And, and it's just a beautiful thing, man. Like I, 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 I love it. I wouldn't trade it, man. I, I enjoy fatherhood. I think it, like I said, I think it brings the best out of me, mm. you know, and, um, you know, and, and I, and I wish, like you said, that we have way more platforms like this where we can bring in more fathers to get their takes on some of these experiences that they have had or have held back or have not had the space to or comfortability to express, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm very curious to see how this conversation resonates with other dads out there as well. Yeah. Well, what we're doing, like we said in the beginning this month, we're highlighting dads and, uh, we want to continue the conversation. Um, we want to spread the word. We want to flip the script that fatherhood, you know, fatherhood is a beautiful thing. And I agree with you. You know, it's actually done a lot for me uh, being a father, despite my fears about it in the beginning. I fully recognize that I'd be worse off if I were not a father, because there are some limitations and parameters that being a father, certain restrictions that it puts on my life that have served to enhance my well-being. Certain blessings that have come to me have been a function of me being a father. It doesn't take away. It adds to. Yeah. You know, and and I think it just, for me, it just enhanced purpose. You know, like I I had purpose before, you know, but there's, I mean, like there's no greater, there's no greater purpose in cultivating legacy for your, for your children. I'm carving out space and time right now to make sure my legacy will be there for them. You know, like, and, and these are hard conversations, you know, that, that sometimes get me choked up. Like if I go today, my legacy is certified for them. They, under, they, they, will, they will still be able to say for the years that my dad was here, that dude went to bat for us, you know? Yes. So those are the things that I feel like, like, Oh man, like I, it, it's what wakes me up, you know, and what it, it's what keeps me up. It it's it motivates me to do more. It motivates me to do less. You know, I'm thinking about when I was talking about uh, our hours. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm intentionally cutting back a day next year. Bro, you know? I hear it, man. I hear it. But, you know, just so I can be there for them more. I became an entrepreneur so I can have space for them. It allowed me to get them ready in the morning. You know, yes, go sir. pick them up from. school be there with them with their homework you know I didn't have that space when I worked for someone else you know and I think so all of this is geared towards making sure that I I, I could be the best version of myself for them yeah you know? yeah yeah when you talk about that word legacy man that is that's powerful that is powerful so we need, to have, a, we need to have a part two <laughs> bro yeah listen we're gonna have to figure something out um, yeah in addition to being a dad, you, like you said, you right. been, you're an entrepreneur, you're doing a lot, um, you're a busy yeah. dude. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial side and if those, if our listeners would like to check out some of your work, get in touch with you, um, how yeah. can they do that? Well, first of all, I, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist as well. I, um, I own and operate a private practice called Beachstone Counseling here in South Florida located in Pompano Beach. Um, I, you know, I, I specialize in black male issues, but my doors are always open to all other issues as well. Um, I also made room in my office for entertainers, entertainers and athletes. I do, you know, service all of them and, you know, I have visual sessions. I mean, digital sessions, in-home sessions, 
at the office session. Just all know? over the place, man. All over the place, man. I have clients in Day Broward and Palm Beach. And to get in contact with uh, Beachstone Counseling, you can go on IG, you can go on Facebook, you can go online. It's very simple. Beachstone Counseling. You press Google, it will come up. And then I also have a second business that I started earlier this year. Well, I started a couple of years ago, but fully launched earlier this year called Sober Words, which is, you know, also thinking about legacy is something that's very, very important to me, making sure that the stigma that's associated with substance abuse is something that we're fighting constantly, man. Like the numbers and the narrative behind that, of course, you're a clinician, you already know, mm -hmm. but it's important that we change the way we view people in general when they're suffering from diseases because we don't know who and when it will impact the next individual that could potentially lose their lives. You know, I think the statistic wa was um, within uh, 2017, 197 people were dying per day uh, of overdose on substance, wow. you know? Wow. And a part of that is because uh, the stereotype and stigmas that we have uh, of people that are suffering with substance use disorder, you know? And the way we view them, the way we talk about them, the way we picture them in our head, the way they're portrayed in the media. And so I created a business called Sober Words to help fight the stigma associated with substance abuse so that we can have more conversations around uh, um, sobriety and addiction to make sure that we're talking holistically about it, not just in the form that's creating the stigma and perpetuating it, but creating safe spaces where people can feel like they can talk about it more people are talking about it, the more people are getting help and feel safe enough to speak up about it and go get help. And so they can find that on IG, Facebook, and there's a website as well. And we sell apparel. And you know the thing is that there's a conversation in every piece of apparel that you purchase. Mm -hmm. And so it's a friendly bear logo, similar to McGruff the Crime Dog <laughs> or the Lion or the Dare campaign, you know, um, you know, Smokey the Bear, whatever. Sober words, we have a bear too. You know what I'm nice, saying? And so, nice. and so if you go to the website, you can read all about it. But the goal is to make sure that people are having conversations in their homes at their workplace about substance use that allow people to feel safe, you know? And so uh, we were running a campaign coming up. I'm going to um, do an ad about it called Sober Cities, where we're highlighting various cities of South Florida. Okay. Where we're going to sober uh, pompano beach you know and for those who wear the sober pompano beach shirt take a picture and talk about why sobriety is important to you or how it's impacted you in a positive or negative way and um, you know so just highlighting the different cities sober miami sober north miami sober you know lauder hill sober cold springs sober plantation basically all all the tri-county cities will be up on the website by the end of this week and so they can go purchase a T-shirt to show to show support um, for that campaign. So those are the couple of things that I'm doing. More, but yeah, you're all over the place, man. You, yeah, but that's yeah. good though, man. I, I I see the passion. I sense the passion in what you're doing. You're not just busy for the sake of being busy. Um, and so I just gotta say, shout outs to you, man. Um, listen, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you uh, squeezing us in. We finally were able to make it happen. And, yes, sir. And so if uh, I don't see you before, I want to wish you an early happy Father's Day, man. Oh, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. I definitely appreciate that. So, uh, 
same thing for you, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was my friend and colleague, Matthew Jean. Thank you guys for listening. Continue to check out this series that we have going for the month of June. Um, I want to encourage you to encourage dads. I want to encourage you to um, say a special prayer for dads. Um, just acknowledge fathers um, and some of the work that they do. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your uh, patience, for your kind words. Having been with us this first season of the uh, podcast, you can continue to keep up with us and what we're doing on Facebook, on Instagram, The Wife Mentor, Dr. Jameson Mercier, and on the website as well, uh, mercierwellness.com. Don't forget to leave a comment. Don't forget to review. If you've not already subscribed, you want to go ahead and do that. That way, you'll automatically get the remainder of this series that we're doing. Thank you guys again for joining us. We look forward to having you for the next episode of the Couples Council. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our mom and dad. If you like them as much as we do, then click subscribe and leave a comment. But now they have to go because it's family time. So go practice what you heard, and we'll catch you on the next episode.